Anxiety is human. Anxiety takes place when you're doing something new, when you're doing something you feel is risky, when results are uncertain, when there's a chance you may get hurt. For many people, that describes dating, but it doesn't have to. In this Love You podcast, I'm gonna outline how you can get past your anxiety about dating and not only manage to enjoy the process, but how to master it. Stick around. I'm Evan Marquette, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women and your personal trainer for love. Welcome to the Love You podcast. Keep listening to learn seven proven ways to overcome dating anxiety. When we're done, I'll let you know how you could apply to Love You to create a passionate relationship that makes you feel safe, heard, and understood. True story. Um, I was once invited to go to a bachelor party at Mammoth Mountain in Northern California for a long weekend of skiing. Now, I don't ski. My parents, born in Brooklyn, poor in the 40s, didn't ski. Now, here I am in Los Angeles in my early 30s and everybody skis. And I was really anxious at the thought of going skiing for the first time. But I went anyway, because I'm the kind of person who tries to say yes to things, even when they scare me. And I took a class with a handful of other beginners while the other guys were off doing their black diamonds first thing in the morning. And after my class, where I'm learning to do the slow snow plow, I take this chairlift up to the top of the mountain, and I notice that my hands are sweating profusely. Legitimately, they, they actually do that when I'm going up high. My hands start to sweat profusely. And then I look down, and I see something that I will never forget, which is why I'm sharing you this story. It's a bunch of six-year-olds <laughs> who are carving, right, doing slaloms right beneath me. And they're having the greatest time ever, 25 feet below me. And I realize in that moment that my anxiety is of my own creation. It was something that was in my own head. So I wanna use that story of self-induced anxiety as sort of a framing device for today's podcast, because the truth is, dating for you might be like skiing for me, especially if, You've crashed a couple times. So you may think dating is scary. You may even feel like it's potentially life-threatening. And you think it has the capacity, right? going on a date has the capacity to scar you permanently. <sighs> In fact, the right mindset, the right skill set can make dating and should make dating a lot more fun than it currently is for you. So without further ado, here are seven proven ways to overcome dating anxiety from a guy who went on 300 dates and has been coaching for 17 years. Number one, realize the stakes are low. Really, you're meeting at a bar for drinks. It's 90 minutes of your life. It's like watching a movie on Netflix and then being like, eh, I could pass. So unlike skiing, you're not gonna get injured. What's really, realistically, the worst thing that's gonna happen having a drink at a bar. He's gonna get up and leave. You get into a fight about politics. He may talk about himself for the entire 90 minutes and never ask you any questions. He may stick you with the check at the end. These are not life-threatening injuries. These are just bad stories, good stories to ultimately tell. Doesn't mean much, so let's not 
hype this up and turn it into something that it's not. Number two, don't worry about what your date thinks about you. I know that's easier said than done, but it's true. If I was once upon a time relatively good at dating, it's because it never bothered to occur to me that the woman across the table could do better than I than, than she would with me. Now that's not true. There are guys who are objectively cuter, richer, smarter, but I always went into the date feeling like it's my choice as to whether I like her, whether I want to see her again. So if you go into the date with that mindset, I'm assuming he's going to like me, but if he doesn't like you, what does that mean? He's not your future husband. In fact, the less you worry about what this means and what you say and how to micromanage this whole thing, the more confident you're going to come across and the less likely, the more likely you are that he's going to respond to you if you are effortlessly confident and assume that he will like you. Nobody responds to insecurity on a date. So just go in there and talk to him like you talk to anybody else in the world, like you talk to your best friend from high school and be what makes you, you authentic, vulnerable, genuinely interested. Number three, come from a place of curiosity. In my book, Why He Disappeared, I tell a story of a woman who found herself consistently bored by men on dates. And it's because she spent the entire day in her head trying to figure out what this guy's deal is and what's wrong with him and trying to ask him the right questions to reveal that he's got some horrible character flaw. And it was more like an interrogation than a date. And so when she's busy interrogating, she's not really interested in listening to him. She's not really interested in connecting with him. She's looking for evidence that he's got a problem. So I told her, I'm going to tell the story and why he disappeared, to treat him, and I pass this on to you, to treat him like he's the most interesting guy in the world. And he's not. He's never going to be the most interesting guy in the world. So on her next date, she's out with a guy, and for some reason he's talking about baseball and getting an autograph from Mickey Mantle in 1966 or something like that. So while normally this client would have just tuned him out like, oh my God, right? She really leaned in and listened to him from a place of curiosity, treating him like he was interesting, and she inquired what made Mickey Mantle special to him. And it turns out this guy tells her a story about how he didn't have much of a relationship with his father and talking about the Yankees and going to Yankee games was his lone connection to his father. And she really got insight into who he was and developed empathy and compassion for him. And now she's feeling a more authentic and intimate connection just through very basic conversation and daring to learn more about him from a place of curiosity rather than from a place of evaluation. Number four, put aside your agenda. I kind of hinted at this a second ago. You're not trying to figure out if he's your future husband. I know you want to, but that's not what the date's for. You're just having a conversation. At the end of the conversation, you will determine when he calls you the next day if you had enough comfort, enough fun, enough attraction to go on a second date. When you try to spend the date figuring out your future, that's when the investigator comes out and she unintentionally starts to suck the fun out of the evening. Your only agenda should be to make sure that he has a great time on the date and that he, at the end of the date, wants to see you again, right? The same way that when you go for a job interview, your job is to get the job, not to decide if you're going to take the job. Your job is to get the job, right? And by the way, if I were giving dating advice to him, 
I'd tell him the exact same thing. Hey buddy, your job is to make sure she has fun and his only agenda should be to make sure that you have a good time. Right? When I'm talking to you, so I'm telling you the same good advice. If a guy doesn't show you a great evening, he doesn't get a second date. Right? But the best way you could show up on a first date is to not be thinking about the larger scale ramifications and just be really present and make sure he has a pleasant evening and he feels like he had a good time, that's gonna spur him to wanna ask you out again. Number five, treat him like a stranger on a plane. I know that sounds kind of silly, but I like the comparison. You never go on a plane and wonder if you're sitting in 19B, whether the guy in 19A is your soulmate. If you're sitting next to a man on a plane and he smiles at you, you make normal small talk. Is this business or is it pleasure? Are you coming or are you going? What book is it that you're reading? You're not trying to assess whether he's emotionally available to you, 19A. You're just having a conversation that'll probably last no more than a couple hours max, but it'll be a pleasant enough way to pass the time just for the sake of itself, meeting new people, making connections and letting them go. That is dating. That's the abundant mindset of dating. Number six, detach yourself from the outcome. By passing up a second date with a guy, you're not jeopardizing your entire future. You're not passing up your husband. Men are like buses. In 15 minutes, another one's going to come along. So whether you go out with him or don't go out with him, it almost doesn't matter. If you agree to go on a second date, that's not a promise for the future. That doesn't mean you're agreeing to sleep with him and commit to him and marry him and get into a horrible marriage that's going to end in some sort of fiery disaster. Sometimes people think they got to figure this all out right up front and you don't. One date just leads to a second date. That date goes well, it leads to a third date or it doesn't. You have 50% of the say in the process. He has 50% of the say in the process. Don't overthink it. Let go of the outcome. The odds that the next guy is your future husband are generally pretty slim. So let's come to, as I say and love you, have short-term pessimism. Don't spend too much time worrying that the next guy is your guy. He's probably not gonna be. If you keep on going and you date this way, eventually you're gonna find a guy you really like. I think they're both true. And finally, number seven, understand that it's all experience. As I said earlier, a bad date is just a great story to tell. A mediocre date, helps you fine tune your dating skills and figure out what it is you're really looking for. And the possibility of a great date, the fact that those ever even exist, that's the reason you keep on going because you can have that kind of connection. And if you have a great date, it doesn't go anywhere. That's all the more reason to persevere on to the next. The first half of my Love You course is on dating. The first month is on confidence, then second month meeting men, third month dating. If you found today's tips about overcoming anxiety valuable to you, please share this video with a friend and share in the comments below what you learned and click on the link below to apply to Love You. Thank you so much for your time. My name is Evan Mark Katz. Thank you for tuning into the Love You podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please share an honest review on Apple. More reviews equals more awareness of the Love You podcast and more love in the world. And if you have everything except a man and you want to have a happy, healthy relationship, I can help you. In Love You, you will gain confidence, learn to trust your judgment, and find a man who makes you feel safe, heard, and understood. 
Go to www.evanmarkkatz.com and click to watch my free video. When you're done, you could apply to Love You to join hundreds of other smart, strong, successful women in a coaching community where women like you actually get the love you deserve. I'll see you there.